Easter 2022. Protestants and Roman Catholics follow the Latin calendar, Easter two weeks back. But Orthodox churches celebrate Christ's resurrection a week later, including Ukraine. And this Easter, there was a secret meeting. Easter in war-torn Ukraine was already different this year. But that same day, two U.S. diplomats met with Ukrainian President Zelensky. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin went to Kyiv by train. According to Blinken, Russia has already failed in its war aims. And he promised continuing support for Ukrainian forces. This meeting marked a turning point for Kyiv. The capital was on the front line just weeks back, but normal life is getting closer. Even diplomats are returning, but hundreds of miles away, the war still rages, even over Easter. That's how it will be until Christ returns. But Christ really did rise from the dead, and that gives all of us reason to rejoice. Welcome to Haven Today on this final Tuesday in April. I'm Charles Morris, and we're continuing a series of Rejoicing in Jesus a study in the book of Philippians. And today we're starting with the first 11 verses of this amazing letter. And I really do mean that. It really is amazing. Especially when you realize where Paul was when he wrote this letter filled with joy, sitting in a Roman prison. Stay with me as we look to Jesus and joy in this prison letter. Back on the program with us today is Randall Goodgame from Nashville. He's the creator of the Sing the Bible music series with songs that are word-for-word scripture. Millions of kids around the world are listening. Randall, I know many adults like me are listening and have listened to you as well. I know you wrote for Veggie Tales in the past, but how did you decide that writing music for children was your calling? Well, you know, it's funny um, when you mentioned we wrote for Veggie Tales, uh, Andrew Andrew Peterson um, and you I. You both actually, did, didn't you? That's you right. Did. I had forgotten that yes. for a couple of years, and it was during that time that I realized how much I was inspired by the calling to um, to create inspiring stuff for families, mostly because I needed it. I wanted to find ways to talk to my kids about deep spiritual things, and it was just really hard. I felt intimidated mm. by the task because my um, my kids see me at my worst, right? They've seen me lose my temper. They've seen me like little. No, white. no, not a <laughs> good game. <laughs> and, uh, so it, it was, I was inspired by the truth of God's word that reminded me that I didn't have to be a perfect dad. I just needed to be a disciple in front of them, which meant they needed to see me repent. They needed to see me trust Jesus. And, and which means getting it wrong. They needed to see me not have all the answers because only God has all the answers. Mm. And once I was, I was just so inspired by that, that calling as a parent. And I wanted to encourage other parents towards that sensibility where I could say to them, look, you don't have to get it all right. In fact, it's the worst. If your kids think you get it all right, because then they'll have this impossible burden placed on them that then Mm -hmm. they have to get it all right, which that's not what following Jesus is about. It's about being transformed by him as we repent and return to him every day. I'm thinking of this idea that the overflowing joy of the Lord comes out in us. But with Christ in us, we can just have that joy of the Lord 
And it's really his spirit flowing through us, his light flowing out of us. It's not me, like you said a minute ago. We still sometimes want it to be about me, but it's not about me. That's right. And what a gift, you know, how free we are that it's not up to us, that we get to trust in him. You know, um, Galatians 2.20, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live now, I live by faith. And it's only by faith in him that his, his Holy Spirit can move through me and impact the world. If I'm trying to do it on my own, then, um, well, I, I, I promise you, I've tried. And it doesn't work. <laughs> so, Haven't we all? And yet still, we still think we need to try from time to time. We're stuck in these bodies. We know, are. And we can't see God. And we've all got, always got these conflicting motivations where mm-hmm. we want to either be lifted high and, and known, or we want to get things right all the time just for our own pride's sake, or whatever the, the, the sort of sinful motivators that we have mm-hmm. are always warring against mm-hmm. Christ's admonition to take the worst seat at the table or give up the best seat at the table or to, to receive an enemy as a friend, all the things that he asks of us that reflect what he did, which mm. is in the Philippians, um, you know, did not consider equality with God, something to be grasped and said, humbled himself even to death on a cross for the joy set before him. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he knew that through what he was going to do and through what he did, that then we would have access to this sweet life of freedom in him where we can continue to return, even though we get distracted by our mistakes and our sin, we can continue to return. And that's how his kingdom comes. Mm. And you're quoting to us from the Christ hymn that's there in Philippians 2, right there. Yes. Randall, there's a song that is so meaningful because it's based on a verse of scripture as so much of what you do is just based on scripture, but uh, it starts out strong and yet the verse ends with love. You mind sharing that with me and then we'll hear the song. Absolutely. I love this passage because it does just what you've said. And then like in so many ways, the gospel turns our expectations about life upside down. Mm. And this passage And the song says, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, which sounds like we're getting revved up for a fight, right? Be be courageous, be brave, be on your guard. But then, like you said, the next line says, do everything in love. And so it forces us to say, oh, what does it look like to be courageous in love, to be on your guard in love, for love? Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, it's one of my favorite ones to do live. And it's also got a really fun, silly hand motion thing that we do. (laughs) We can't show that, but we could at least listen. Randall Goodgay. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith. Be courageous, be strong. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith. Be courageous, be strong. Do everything in love.
for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Sing the Bible 4. That's Randall Goodgame and Be On Your Guard. I'm Charles Morris here in this Haven Today, and the program is called Rejoicing in Jesus. And the scripture he sang to us was based on 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and 14, and Psalm 27, 14. After the program, I'd like to send you this new CD for your gift of any amount to Haven Today. Or even better, we have the special collection with all four volumes of Sing the Bible for a minimum gift or more to help Haven Today keep sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. Here's the number to call after the program, 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online and listen to samples of Randall's songs by visiting us at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And when you contact us, ask about how you can help a Ukrainian refugee family. I'll share more details later, but there's still a dire need for food and the gospel that you can directly be used by God in sending. Now let's turn our eyes to the book of Philippians. Paul was in prison when he wrote this little letter. We aren't entirely sure why Paul had been arrested and imprisoned, but certainly it was connected to his office as an apostle and his efforts of preaching the gospel. He seems to have been held in Rome, as we will see later in this series. Remember what he said in the book of Romans? He talked about how he was obligated to preach the good news of Jesus Christ, and he was eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. Well, that did come to pass, just not in the way he expected. He finally made it to Rome, but he was in chains. And as Paul later told Timothy, the word of God is not chained. The letter to the Philippians is the most encouraging of all Paul's epistles. In fact, the most encouraging book in all the Bible. That might seem a little strange to us. If you and I were chained up in a Roman prison, would encouragement and joy be the first words that came to our minds? Perhaps not. But when we read what Paul the prisoner wrote, well, it becomes a different story. We'll see that this is an epistle of joy. More than that, it's an epistle of joy in Christ. That's a short book, but the name Christ is used 25 times more than any other book in all the Bible. Paul could rejoice no matter where he was because he knew who he was. So won't you join me in looking at this book? You know, we've been through some tough times of our own, haven't we? COVID, now inflation, unrest, 
the Russian invasion of Ukraine, that it's increased tensions around the world. It seems like our planet is spinning out of control, doesn't it? But we can still have joy if we know where to find it. And Paul tells us why in Philippians. So let's start this letter. At the beginning, we see that Paul isn't very concerned about the spiritual health of the congregation in Philippi. They seemed rather healthy, spiritually speaking, especially compared to churches in Corinth or Galatia. And in the first words, we read three names, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. Paul and Timothy, spiritual father and son, they had quite a bond. And the reason Timothy's name is on this letter is probably because he wrote it while Paul dictated it. Now, that was a very common practice in those days. It wouldn't have been surprising to the Philippians, but a title such as Slaves to Christ would have been quite shocking in Paul's day, especially for an apostle. After all, a slave was the lowest rung on the social ladder. They were not citizens, and they did not have rights like free men and women. And yet that's what Paul and Timothy called themselves. And we'll see as we go that this is what gives Paul such great joy and encouragement. He belonged to Jesus, his Lord and Master. And that was better by far than being a master of himself. But if these men were slaves of Christ, who were the people who received their letter? Well, it's addressed to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus. What a statement. Maybe it's something we tend to miss because we're so used to this kind of language if we've read the Bible much. But those Philippian Christians were holy. They were set apart for God, like all Christians everywhere, just like you and me if we're trusting in Jesus. But how were they holy? Not because of anything they did, but only because they were in Jesus Christ. They were united to Christ. He was their head and they were his body. And so are we if we repent and believe. I need to get a little personal here. When was the last time you sinned? That's probably not a question you hear too often, is it? But we all sin. Christians, though, are sinners saved by grace. And that's what the Philippians were. Sinners saved by Christ. And so was Paul. And that's why he could rejoice in Jesus. And that's why you and I can rejoice, even in trying times. And Paul had a lot to thank God for, even there in prison. Listen to what he says. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So here, as Paul is talking about his prayers for the Philippians, what brings him joy? The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Remember how Paul defined the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15? Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried. He was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. That's the message that changes everything. Christ in the place of sinners. And the Philippians were partners with Paul in this wonderful gospel. But what does that mean exactly? What's the connection here? After all, the Philippians weren't sitting in a Roman prison because of the gospel. Paul was 
So what did he mean? Well, it seems to me that Paul was talking about their shared faith in Jesus and their support of Paul's ministry. He even says, whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. And that's one of the amazing things about God's grace. Free people, chained people have an equal share in the gospel. They only have to believe. The believing thief on the cross has as much a share in the kingdom of heaven as the wealthiest Christian that ever has lived or will live. And that's where we find true joy. Do you remember being a young child, maybe, and someone gave you a balloon? I sure do. In fact, it was a traumatic memory at first. It was my birthday, and I'm not sure how old I was, maybe five, maybe six. I had a balloon as a present, and I was so excited. But as I was taking it to the car, well, it just got away from me. There were tears in my eyes. I had to stand there, and I had to watch my helium-filled present float higher and higher until I could see it no longer. And, of course, losing a balloon is a small thing to us as adults. But to a five-year-old or a six-year-old, it's a terrible thing. And if we are honest, many of the things we rely on to give us happiness in this life, even when we're grown up, can float away just as quickly as that balloon when I was a child. Our health can go downhill in a month, or we can go from employed to jobless in a day. The list goes on and on, but if we rely on anything in this world for joy, we're always going to be disappointed. Anything that is, except Christ. Think again with me about Paul's situation. He was an up-and-comer in Judaism a Pharisee of the Pharisees, as he described himself. But then he encountered Jesus on the road to Emmaus, and his life was forever changed. He lost the prestige. He even lost his freedom, eventually even his life. But he still had joy. Why is that? Because his joy was found in the only thing that he couldn't lose, Christ, his Savior. That's why he could pray things like he did for the Philippians. He said, this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. That is a joyful passage. The day of Christ, a phrase Paul updated from the Old Testament Here in Philippians, the phrase returns to the return of Christ, what we often call the second coming of Jesus. That is our ultimate hope. We can't lose Christ because he won't lose us. And one day he will return for us and set all things right. No longer will Christians be jailed for preaching the gospel. Wars will cease. Death itself will die so we can rejoice, even in our hard times even when the things that give us temporary happiness just float away. We still have Jesus. And more important, he has us. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through. Instead, be very glad. For these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering. And we know that in all things God works for the 
those who love Him. God works for the good of those who love Him. For the good, for the good, for the good, for the good of those who love Him. listening to Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris in a program called Rejoicing in Jesus. That's in all things from Sing the Bible, Volume 2 by Randall Goodgain. It's scripture coming out of 1 Peter 4.12, Romans 8.28, John 16.33. And Randall has this desire to help the kids in your life learn scripture and take it to heart from a young age. I asked Randall to share with us why he created the Sing the Bible series. You know, there's nothing like the Word of God to help us remember how much He loves us and who, what He thinks of us, you know, to, to help us remember the story that we've been written into here in, in eternity. And so when we, when we listen over and over to His Word and we get it in our hearts— it just transforms us. There's just no question about it. And so um, I always say these songs serve me first, but I have just heard countless times from families, kids, parents, grandparents, how uh, these songs have helped them to hide in their heart so that the Holy Spirit can bring it to mind when they need. And um, so as, as long as I keep hearing that story, I'm going to keep making these records. All four of the Sing the Bible albums are filled with songs that are word-for-word scripture. 
I think you'll be surprised at how quickly the kids in your life, as well as you, can remember God's Word when you listen. So for your gift of any amount to this listener-supported ministry, I'd like to send you the brand new Sing the Bible Volume 4 CD. Or if you'd like all four of the Sing the Bible CDs, we have that set for your minimum gift or more to the ministry. Just call us right now at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online, watch a couple of music videos by Randall, listen to samples from his albums, and then make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And don't forget, $50 feeds a family of five for a week. Why don't you pray, if you haven't, about how much you can give to support refugees in and around Ukraine. Mission Eurasia is on the ground, handing out food and hope in Jesus. And 100% of your gifts for relief will go to help those in need. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, we get to share together this great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. If you spent much time in the church, you probably know the picture of Jesus surrounded by children. It's one of the most touching scenes portrayed in the Gospels. But it's not just the picture that's touching. In that scene, the disciples were trying to keep people from bringing children to Jesus. And their Lord rebuked them. Let the little children come to me, for the kingdom belongs to such as these. Such as these. In God's kingdom, it's not about your glory. It's about his glory. It's not about being a grown-up. It's about being like a child. Needy and dependent, but deeply loved and cared for. It's about coming to Christ and receiving the heavenly kingdom from his gracious hands. Get closer to Jesus daily. Visit GetAnchor.com.